0: Take your Bibles, please, and turn to Mark chapter 12. Mark chapter 12, verse 1, a passage that we looked at last week in in more depth than we're going to this morning, but we're going to look at one aspect of this passage that relates directly to our fathers, our earthly fathers. Mark chapter 12, verse 1. Jesus, being challenged continually in this final week of his life, by the leaders of the Jews the religious leaders of Jerusalem and so he sp- speaks this parable to them in mark chapter 12 verse 1 he then began to speak to them in parables a man planted a vineyard he put a wall around it dug a pit for the wine press and built a watchtower then he rented the vineyard to some farmers and went away on a journey at harvest time He sent him last of all saying, they will respect my son. But the tenants said to one another, this is the heir. Come, let's kill him and the inheritance will be ours. So they took him and killed him and threw him out of the vineyard. What then will the owner of the vineyard do? He will come and kill those tenants and give the vineyard to others. Haven't you read this scripture? The stone the builders rejected has become the capstone. The Lord has done this, and it is marvelous in our eyes. Then they looked for a way to arrest him because they knew he had spoken the parable against them. But they were afraid of the crowd, so they left him and went away. We spent some time in this passage last week looking at the indictment that Jesus was, was giving on those Jewish leaders, the judgment that he was that he was passing on them for not living up to their responsibility for not re- recognizing that he was the one that the old testament had had prophesied he was the one that was promised and they were refusing to receive him they were refu- refusing to accept him they were refusing to proclaim that he was the one even though they knew He was the one, because he fulfilled all of the Old Testament prophecies about him, including the one that he mentions from Psalm 118. Look at that part again. The stone the builders rejected has become the capstone. The Lord has done this, and it is marvelous in our eyes. You see, they were supposed to agree that it was marvelous in their eyes that the Messiah was. The promised one was finally here. But no, instead, they rejected him. They refused him. And the judgment came on them. But what does this have to do with dad's? Judgment? Hopefully not. Hopefully not. Hopefully we will see that Jesus is, as the Old Testament said he would be, the leader, the head, because that's what he, that's what the, the prophecy is talking about. In fact, where where it says the stone the builders rejected has become the capstone, literally, that statement is the head of the corner. And they're thinking that this, this verse relates to the, the physical temple, the temple of Jerusalem. And there was one in existence in Jesus' day. And this passage. Is a, is a reminder that when the temple was being built, the original temple was being built, under Solomon's supervision, he received all the orders from the Lord and made it just according to the dimensions and, and specifications of the Lord. And as the as the masons were, were building that temple with, out of these huge stones, one of the stones wasn't working right. They couldn't make it work, so they put it off to the side, put another stone in there, and kept going. And it, and it took years to build the temple. Well, this stone st- stayed in the in kind of the waste area where, where the stones that weren't fitting were, were placed, other scraps. And when they got to the, one of the final pieces of the temple, they were having trouble making it work. And one of the masons said, hey, wait a minute. I remember there's a stone over there in the waste pile I think will fit just exact. And sure enough, they went and got it, and it did. Now, that's not in the Bible. That story isn't. But because of the, the, the statement that, this, that, that Psalm 18 makes, as well as some other passages, we're almost certain that that was the situation that took place in the, in the building of the, of the temple. And that Jesus is referring to himself as the head of the corner, the head of the body of Christ, the head of Israel, the head of... Of all creation. He's announcing himself as that piece that was rejected and even now is being rejected, but that he himself is the chief or the head cornerstone or the capstone of the temple. And remember what the new temple is it's not a, it's not a building made out of stone, it's not a building like this made out of wood and steel. The new temple is the body of Christ. Every individual of the body of Christ, every person who's received the Lord Jesus, becomes a part of that new temple. We are the hosts of the Holy Spirit himself. He lives in us and grows us into the image of his son. The demonstration that we saw this morning in baptism is an example of that. These four that, that committed themselves publicly, declaring themselves to be the Lord's, and committing themselves to grow in the Lord. There are pictures of that. All of us who are believers in the Lord Jesus committed to grow as the temple of the Lord, as he lives in us and grows us. And how this relates to dads, look with me to Ephesians chapter 5. We're going to see a very similar statement made about earthly fathers. Ephesians chapter 5. We'll start by reading verse 22. This is a passage that we read on Mother's Day. But the Father's Day passage comes right after it, so we'll include them both. Ephesians chapter 5, verse 22. This comes in the context of submission because he had just told the church to submit in verse 21, to submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. Hopefully you all have been doing that this morning. I didn't see any fights for seats this morning. So that was good. There are some. We have guests here for baptism. I'm glad that nobody, you know, wouldn't let them sit where they wanted to sit because that was your seat. Those kind of things, and you laugh, but stuff like that happens. Um, hopefully, not here anymore. Anyway, <laughs> verse 22. Wives, submit to your husbands as to the Lord. For the husband is the head. Of the wife, as Christ is the head of the church, his body, of which he is the Savior. Now, as the church submits to Christ, so also wives should submit to their husbands in everything. Husbands, love your wives just as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her. We're going to stop there for just a minute. Husbands. Did you hear that? First, before he got to your responsibility, he told you about your position. As he was speaking, to the wives he declared your position that you are the head of your wife and of your family as Christ is the head of his church his body of creation as he was declaring in mark 12 As he declared himself as head, he's also declared that husbands are to be the head of their wives and of their families. And then he defines what that headship looks like, because it looks just like the headship of Christ. Husbands and fathers, love your wives and your children. We'll get into that in a minute. Just as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her. There's your job. Your position is the head of your family. As a representative of the Lord Jesus Christ. Not because you're smarter, stronger, faster, any of those things. You might be, I'm not going to say. I know I'm not. I'll just say that. It's not, a, it's not a statement of superiority or anything like that. It's a statement of position. It's a statement of the order that God has put things in for his glory. He intends that our families and our marriages remind people of his order of creation and the relationship that he gives us with him through Christ. That's the whole purpose of Of families. That's why he put people in families from the beginning. It was one of the foreshadowings of what he was going to do in Christ. And so husbands, on this day, Father's Day, take this command to heart. Take this position to heart. You're the head. Act like it. You're the head. Lead like it. You're the head. Learn what that's all about by looking at the scripture and seeing Christ's headship over his church and how it's defined by his love for us. That's what this uh, symbol is up here. It's not decoration, although it is very pretty. The cross of Christ wasn't that pretty. The cross of Christ. Was scarred with nail holes, spike holes, and more than that, it was scarred and stained, I should say, with blood. Because that's the way the head of the church loves the church. He died for us. And so, husbands, fathers, that's the picture painted for us to die. To love our wives and our families above ourselves. To die to ourselves. As Christ died to himself and physically died on the cross for us, then we follow his example and we die to ourselves. He then describes the the work that he did for us which also describes what the husbands and what the fathers are praying for their wives and children. As we continue, looking at verse 25 again, Husbands, love your wives just as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her to make her holy. That's what Christ did for us, so that we can be holy, so that his righteousness can be ours. Cleansing her by the washing with water through the word. Picture of what we saw this morning. And to present her to himself as a radiant church. "'without stain or wrinkle or any other blemish, "'but holy and blameless. "'In this same way, "'husbands ought to love their wives as their own bodies. "'He who loves his wife loves himself. "'After all, no one ever hated his own body, "'but he feeds and cares for it "'just as Christ does the church, "'for we are members of his body. "'For this reason, a man will leave his father and mother "'and be united to his wife, "'and the two will become one flesh. "'This is a profound mystery.' but I'm talking about Christ in the church. However, each one of you also must love his wife as he loves himself, and the wife must respect her husband. Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Honor your father and mother, which is the first commandment with a promise. That's one of the Ten Commandments. That it may go well with you, and that you may enjoy long life on the earth. Fathers, do not exasperate your children. Fathers, now I didn't see any wives doing this, but I'm assuming it probably happened. Fathers, do not exasperate your children. Instead, bring them up in the training and instruction of the Lord. It's a high calling, men. We, talk, we I mentioned to the children this morning, and and they, they were in agreement. None of us dads are perfect. It doesn't take away from the high calling that we've received. The high calling that we that we see in this passage concerning our wives and our children, of what our highest goals are for them. And if I asked you what your highest goal for your kids were this morning, and you were being honest, some of us would, would say something about finances. And he doesn't say anything about finances here. Some of, us, some of us would say something about being ready, you know, for the, for the workforce by training. In, in 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 some kind of of gainful employment, important, but not mentioned. He's concerned about the longest stretch of time in your children's lives. That's not preschool time, although we do graduate from preschool. It's not school age. It's not high school. It's not college. It's not married life, if that's the way the Lord leads. It's what happens after. It's what happens after this life is over. That's the longest stretch of time. Your children and your wives are going to live. And so that, while the other things are important, and shouldn't be discounted. The most important emphasis in our lives in our in our headship of our homes is the spiritual lives of our family concerned about the things that are going to last forever and i want to commend you this morning way to go way to way to come to church on sunday morning A lot of dads aren't here today. I'm not saying here as in Midway. I'm saying a lot of dads aren't in church today. On their special day, they did something else. And there's great things to do on Father's Day. But there's nothing better to do than to come and be reminded of who your heavenly father is and what a great responsibility you've been given as a husband and as a dad. And it's a great day to have your children around, to hear what your responsibility is so that they will recognize it when you're doing it. Did you hear the kids this morning? They, they're recognizing it. First answer, good job, Matt Prosser. He tells me about Jesus. And on it went. They'll notice, they're recognizing, they're hungry for it. They're hungry for a leader like that. They're hungry to be loved like Jesus loves, given of ourselves for them. They're hungry for what they experience and find when the, when the church of Christ gathers together like we do on Sunday mornings. When the body of Christ gathers and we, and we encourage each other and we teach each other and we sing together and we celebrate and we cry and we mourn, all the things that we do together, they're hungry for that. And so do your part, dads. Do your part, husbands, to help quench that hunger and thirst for the things of God. To help satisfy their spiritual needs and desires. That they would be presented like the church is going to be presented to the Lord for eternity. That they, as a part of that church from your family, will be blameless, without stain or wrinkle. Oh, that's the picture of the wife and of the bride. But it's also the picture of the kids who are trained by their dads in the instruction and admonition of the Lord. Not exasperated. Why does he say that? Well, we know why. Because for some idiotic reason, we all somehow want to do that. Some of us more than others. I'm so thankful for a godly wife. Who always notices or noticed, I say in the past tense, no, notices when I'm doing that. And while I don't sit with her in church, I'd get elbowed if I was. We tend toward that, guys. That's why he says it. All of us tend toward that, exasperating our kids for some reason. It's ridiculous. It doesn't make any sense, but we do it. And so here, by the power of the Holy Spirit, he's saying, stop it. Do good to your kids. Encourage them. Teach them. Train them. Don't exasperate them. Don't frustrate them on purpose. They're frustrated enough. Don't add to it. But it all comes down to this dads, walk closely with Christ. Walk closely with Christ so that you know how to love because you're being loved by him. You know how to, you know how to give second chances. You know how to, how to restore because you've been given second chances because you've been restored. You know how to encourage. You know how to teach because you've been encouraged. You've been taught. You're giving your kids, you're giving your family, you're giving your wives what the Lord's given you. And so make it a priority to live up to your position as the head of your marriage and of your family. And keep those spiritual goals in mind. Remember, you don't have to come up with them on your own. They're right here. Just look at what Christ is doing for the church and has done for the church. That's what you're doing for your family. And you're going to say, well, I can't do that. Exactly. So help me, Jesus. He loves to answer that prayer. Help me, Jesus, to do this well. And one of the things that Jesus will suggest as you read his word is hang around with some other dads that are doing it too whose goal is to do that instead of whatever other goals all of us have. Hang around with some other men that are are shooting for this for their families and are shooting for this in their own lives. To be the kind of leader, to be the kind of husband, to be the kind of dad, grandfather, friend of children, influencer of children, even if you don't have kids or grandkids of your own, that you will be that influence on this generation that's coming somebody said this morning as we were talking about family in our bible study class it's never been harder to be a parent than it is right now and parents and grandparents have been saying that for a long time and it's always been true and it's true again today it's never been harder and so don't try to do it on your own dads you've got god's word You have, if you've received the Lord Jesus Christ, you have the help of the Holy Spirit, and you have the help of the body of Christ. So use your resources and be the leaders, be the dads that God has made you to be. Let's bow together for prayer. Our Heavenly Father, you are a good, good Father. You have proven it to us through the giving of your Son, our Lord Jesus Christ, And Father, we thank you for the, the witness that we w- saw today in the waters of baptism of people identifying themselves with you. Father, we pray this morning for the dads and husbands here today, the men here today because of the influence that we have even in outside family. We pray for them. We pray for us, because I'm one too, Father. Help us to shoot for the right things. Help us to pray for the things that really matter. And help us to be the examples and the encouragement that we need to be all the way along. Father, some of us are, are dads and grandfathers of really small children. You're giving us an opportunity to do what one of the children said their dad does with her in reading the Bible to her. Help us to do that with our kids, Father, and our grandkids. But help it to be something that we've already read before because we're seeking your will and your help every day as we look into your word. Give us the discipline to do that. Help us to use the resources that we have within the body of Christ to do that properly, to do that profitably, that we would get something out of it so that we have something to share. Help us to use these resources so that we can grow in our knowledge of your word. And, Father, for the dads and husbands here this morning who haven't yet put their trust in Christ, help them to realize and to remember that that is the first step in becoming the husband and father that you want them to be, that they would recognize your headship in their lives, your lordship over them, that they may be that example, that they may be that leader for their families as well. So, Father, we thank you for the way the Lord Jesus humbled himself, not only in water baptism, but even more importantly, he humbled himself by death on the cross for us. So help us to look to the Lord's death as the true picture of what our love is supposed to be like for our wives and children. And we pray this, needing your help to do it, Lord, in the name of our Savior, our Master, our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen.